It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom, B-O-O-M. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRank Sports, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. This Expert Tuesday edition of Locked On Packers is brought to you by XBET. Enter the code XBET when you make a deposit, and you could get up to a 100% deposit bonus just for doing that. And I want to remind you once again, make sure you rate this podcast on the iTunes store, put your name and your Twitter handle in the review. And once a week, we're going to pick someone to win a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. It's a $40 value. You get player grades, you get snap counts, you get position ranks, fantasy projections, data on data. All right. It is Expert Tuesday and Jason Wildey is here to break down the Packers, what he's seeing. He had a great article Monday about Aaron Jones, who looks like he's going to be the lead back for the Packers with the injuries that they have at running back. We're going to talk to him about that and a whole lot more coming up. But first, we have to get to some news. The Bears announced Monday that Mitchell Trubisky was going to be their quarterback moving forward. And it can't be a surprise given the way that Mike Lennon has played so far this season, particularly in the Packers game. I think that was the the proverbial straw in this case. The camel's back was broken when Mike Lennon looked as bad as he did on Thursday in prime time in front of a national audience. Now, does the Deshaun Watson situation come into play here at all? I don't know. I don't think it's unreasonable to believe 
that the success of another rookie quarterback has only added pressure to the Bears to play their rookie quarterback. Now, I'm not saying that that's the main reason that they they made this move. I'm not saying it's even in the top five reasons that they made this move. But could it have played a factor? I think it could have. Does that mean Mitchell Trubisky is going to be as good as Deshaun Watson? Absolutely not. The Bears traded up to get him. They traded up a spot. It was a trade I did not like at the time. You heard Paige Demakos last week say, even as a Bears fan, she did not like the trade at the time, even as quarterback needy as the Bears have been over the course of their history as a franchise. I mean, that's how wild that trade was. But this is this is big news for the Packers because they have another game against the Bears in Chicago. Chicago is still bereft of skill talent, but Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen are good, despite what we saw last week. Those two players can change an offense. And if you have a competent quarterback, that could make the Bears much more dangerous than they were on Thursday when they couldn't stop turning the ball over, when they're missing throws. Now, Trubisky, as a rookie, is probably going to do some of those same things. He's a rookie quarterback after all. But that's part of the calculation here. John Fox has to try and save his job. And when you when you draft a rookie quarterback, it can mean that either the head coach is a sitting duck and he's a lame duck. He's a lot of ducks and and things that autocorrect to duck or he's going to get more rope. He's going to get some leniency. Now, when you start the season on 1 and 3, it's more likely that your job is on the line. So this move could buy him some time. If Trubisky shows some flashes, he plays well, he could go to Ryan Pace and say, look, I'm the right person to shepherd this team into the future. And look, we have our quarterback. Now that we have our quarterback, that could be a a turning point for us and, and let me continue to work. Maybe, maybe not. But this is a, this is the move of a desperate team. Could it pay off? Sure. Does it make the Bears a threat to the Packers in this division? I think I think we have a long way to go before we can say that. By by any stretch, I think we have a long way to go. All right, let's get to our expert Tuesday. Jason Wildey is here. You can listen to him on ESPN Radio in Wisconsin. He co-hosts the show with Mark Tauscher. You can read him on ESPN. You can read him in the State Journal. He is ubiquitous in Packer coverage. Where there is Packer coverage, you are likely to find Jason. And no one has covered this team more closely over the past few years, developed more relationships with the players and the coaches than Jason, so he can offer insight that few people on planet Earth in the media can offer. Jason, thanks for joining Locked On Packers. Of course, man. Happy to do it. My big debut. Yeah. <laughs> so I hope you're not nervous for your big debut. Uh, well, if it was uh, if it was still Bill Huber, I'd be terrified. But with you, I'm good. <laughs> So um, this was this was sort of great timing for you last night. Ty Montgomery says not great timing for someone to be injured, but Ty Montgomery says that that he has multiple broken ribs, um, and his status for Sunday against the Cowboys is is up in the air. But you wrote this piece on Aaron Jones that opens with Aaron Rodgers talking about how impressed he's been with Aaron Jones. So so what did you, what did you find out? Can you just sort of for people that haven't read it. Um, what, what was the, what was the point of the piece there? Well, first of all, I can't imagine anybody not reading it, of course. Sure. But, uh, 
You know, I think what's interesting, and, and I was having this conversation with one of the scouts at the end of training camp about how, you know, they, they just didn't get any of those three rookie running backs. And if you remember, even Mike McCarthy admitted this. They didn't get them enough carries in the preseason, so they really didn't know what they had in any of them. Like, they ended up keeping all three that they drafted, Jamal Williams in the fourth round, Aaron Jones in the fifth round, and Devontae Mays in the seventh. Um, And I think in part it was because they weren't quite sure what they had in any of those three guys. They just didn't give them enough opportunities. And McCarthy's comment was that if he had a regret about the way the preseason had gone, it was that he hadn't gotten those guys more opportunities. He certainly got Brett Hundley enough opportunities yeah. uh, throwing the football, but not enough not enough running it. And so, you know, I, I just kind of felt like, and, and I know I wasn't alone in this, that, you know, I wasn't sure what to make of any of them. And Aaron Rodgers had said during training camp that uh, Jamal Williams had done some things that he thought had really caught his eye and that he really liked. But I haven't heard him say much about Aaron Jones. And and historically, you know, I think his attitude is, I really want to see what these guys are made of. I'm not going to put them on the spot by saying stuff publicly about them because that puts pressure on them and and what have you. But, you know, after the game, he actually talked about two guys that he's kind of been pulling for and has liked all along. And that was Lucas Patrick, who filled in at left guard, when Lane Taylor kicked out the tackle, and Aaron Jones. And good thing that he likes him because I would guess that even though Ty Montgomery wants to go home to Dallas and play in this game, uh, this is not the same as a wide receiver having broken ribs. And even if they can find some padding uh, that will protect him significantly, this, does, this strikes me as an injury that's going to keep him out for a couple of weeks at minimum. And so I'm, I'm eager to see what Aaron Jones does with the opportunity. Uh, I found Devontae Mays to be an interesting prospect as well. He had some moments during camp where you thought, okay, this guy can play a little as well. So, you know, they, they invested in all these young guys. They, they didn't bring back Eddie Lacy, uh, although they did try. Uh, they didn't bring in Adrian Peterson, although they did talk to him. Uh, and now Ty Montgomery, who has somewhat of a history of, of you know, taking some hits and having some injury issues in his first two-plus years, I would think they're going to be without him in Dallas, and now we'll see what Aaron Jones can do. They don't have a single running back over four yards a carry. They're 28th in rushing, 25th in yards per rush. So let's see what Aaron Jones can do. We'll get back to Jason Wilde in just a second. I wanted to tell you guys about XBet. If you're listening to this podcast, you are probably interested or have thought about betting specifically on the NFL. If you're going to do that, go to XBet.ag. It's like Vegas in your pocket. With their mobile site, you just log in, bet on any game you want right from your phone. Check it out. Their website is clean and easy to use. The graphics are, are cool. I've never seen anything like it. So they have in-game betting. You can turn your fourth quarter faith and emotion overtimes into heart-pounding, cash-stacking opportunities. Who wouldn't want that? When you join xbet.ag today, use the promo code XBET, and you can get up to a 100% bonus on your first 
deposit. Don't be the guy saying, I would have won big. Join XBet now and start winning today. Plus, if you refer a friend, you'll get up to 100% of their first deposit too. So bring the squad and build the bank at xbet.ag, the newest and most exciting betting platform on the planet. Don't forget, use promo code XBET to claim your bonus. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash List. Uh, there's been some criticism out there about, well, if McCarthy had given some of these other running backs more of a chance in the preseason, that means he can play him a little bit more in the regular season. And maybe that mitigates, you know, the, the hits that Montgomery had to take. He was playing 90, 95 percent of the snaps before he got hurt. Uh, do you do you do you think there's any credence to that? I I, I tend to be on the side of football players get hurt. And that's sometimes just what happens, but but I don't know. Yeah, I I think I'm on the side of uh, he definitely was playing Ty Montgomery a lot, like sure. more than any other running back, like on pace for more snaps than any other running back in the NFL. Right. And what was interesting was that you know both McCarthy and Edgar Bennett argued, well, it's still early, that it's 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 only the the third week or the fourth week, and I think the reality is that uh, you know they probably worked them too hard because Ben Sermons, the running backs coach, we asked him about it, and his quote was very simple: "Yeah, I need to play the other guys." So there was definitely an acknowledgement from somebody, at least on staff, that they needed to get those other guys involved, and so now they have no choice and. You know, I don't know the severity of Jamal Williams' injury. Uh, it's really become, in 2017, a lot of guesswork on injuries because, you know, if the agent doesn't leak it to you um, and the player doesn't say anything, you know Mike McCarthy's not going to get up there like Mike Holmgren used to do when I first started on this team and go, well, he's got a grade three MCL sprain that's probably going to be four to six weeks, but we're hoping to get him back sooner and, I mean, we just don't get that kind of information anymore. Right, and and even even if you did, maybe you maybe they say it's a chest when it's really ribs. Or I think Gary Ellison tells a story about he was listed on the injury report with an upper body injury, and he had a twisted ankle or something. NFL teams can get creative. Yeah, they 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 are not supposed to lie though, and I hope they. I, I think Mike. I'll give Mike McCarthy this as well, and and. He tries very hard not to just come out and say stuff like, um, I'm not going to tell you guys anything about the injuries. Right. Uh, he does things like, has a press conference at 7 p.m. and claims uh, that he hasn't gotten enough information, or I've got nothing for you, um, which isn't all that convincing. But I, I don't think, to my knowledge, historically he has lied about injuries. He just doesn't tell you the whole truth no no I, and I wasn't implying that he was this this is I can't and maybe this is unfair but 
I, I can't remember them winning two games in a row with as many guys at key positions out as as this team has the last two weeks. Yeah, you know, we were uh, Tausch and I were talking about this, and we had Tom Crabtree on. We got got to talking about the 2010 season and and the idea that you know how injured they were, and they certainly you know ended up with a ridiculous number, 15, 16 guys on IR, whatever it was. Um, but at the same time, they didn't uh, they, they didn't have it all happen in one position, and they had ample options behind those guys. You know, I, I always use the, the Desmond Bishop example, that he was really a guy who was ready to be a starter. And even though he was a backup, when Nick Barnett went out, I mean, he played as well, if not better, than Nick Barnett would. And, you know, when you look at what they've gone through, I mean, they were down to their sixth and seventh options at tackle. I mean, Lane Taylor, having never played tackle at any level of football, with the exception of one right tackle snap in a sophomore year spring game <laughs> at Oklahoma State, is unbelievable. And look, they, they certainly did everything they could to make those guys' lives easier. You know, Rodgers didn't hold the ball at all. Um, they designed the offense to go to get the to get the ball out quickly. Um, I mean, they they definitely did a lot to help those guys succeed. But they they did a terrific job considering the circumstances. But to, I've never seen anything like that. I mean, Bulaga, Bakhtiari, Jason Spriggs, Kyle Murphy, and Don Barclay all being out that you're playing. I mean, let you know. Let's be realistic here. There's there's no way that you should be playing Kyle Murphy at left tackle. No. And then to lose him, and it's, like, devastating. Like, you know, here's a guy who started the first game at right tackle, then started the next two at left, and then when you lose him, you're totally scrambling and you're drawing stuff up in the dirt with a guy who's never played left tackle. So, that, you know, between that and we saw it last year in the secondary to a certain degree uh, with – the injuries to Randall and Rollins and Shields. And then running back, this is the second year in a row where their two top running backs have managed to get hurt in close proximity to each other. And and speaking of, of things that you don't see very often, and, and you just mentioned his name, the, the Demarius Randall situation, we don't have a lot of details on it at this point. There was some reporting done about it that Demarius didn't seem thrilled about. What what can you tell us about that situation at this point? Well, I don't know what his uh, and he's more than welcome in the locker room today to uh, give us a blow by blow description of what exactly occurred. <laughs> right. Um, but I can but I can tell you his body language was horrible, and they made a change at corner after he gave up the touchdown at the end of the first half. And Josh Hawkins played well. Yeah, I'm I'm still not sure what to make of Josh Hawkins because he does seem to be inconsistent, which would be a problem at corner. But certainly he played fine on on Thursday night. Now, whether or not that's a function of, you know, the Bears. I, I have to be honest, before Wednesday of last week or Tuesday of last week, I didn't know who the Bears receivers were. Like, right. they, you know, that, that's just... 
I understand Mike Lennon has some real shortcomings, and now they've gone to Trubisky. But um, right now, given their wide receiver depth chart, they're not going to make life easy for their prize rookie either. So, um, but so Randall comes out, and I see him kind of sprawled out on the bench like you would if you were like sitting on a park bench uh, watching the world go by. You know, his arms over the back of the bench and kind of slouching and. Then I see uh, Devon House come over to him on the sideline. And, I mean, his body language was terrible. And immediately I had this flashback. A couple of weeks ago I had asked Joe Witt about releasing Ladarius Gunter and how difficult that was. And he went into this really, I thought, great soliloquy about the, the crossover between his philosophy as a coach and his philosophy as a parent. He, he pointed out that his daughter and our girls go to the same gymnastics gym and he started talking about how he talks to his daughter about what he expects from her about being a good teammate and being coachable and not complaining or pouting and about having fun and I thought and he said you know Ladarius Gunter was all those things and then I thought about Demarius Randall, and I remember thinking as he said it that day, if it was his way of saying, we kept the guy who's a first-round pick who's not these things, and we cut the guy who was the undrafted free agent who was all these things, and kind of uh, uh, a, a sub, you know, not, not, not flat out coming out and saying it, but maybe his way of saying, we might have cut the wrong guy here. Um, and then to see the behavior from uh, Demarius Randall, I assume his issue with Ian Rappaport's report is that his his side of the story is that he didn't leave the stadium. Right. Which I know I know Ian had written that that there was reports that he there were people that said that he had, and then there were people that said that he had not. So regardless. His sideline demeanor and behavior were not acceptable, and that we know because Mike McCarthy kicked his ass off the sideline. Like, you don't get sent to the locker room if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing as a teammate, and if you're sitting on the, the bench while your defense is on the field, you haven't done, you haven't done the right thing, and that's an issue. Yeah, the the Randall argument there seems to be like I didn't crash the car into a tree, I crashed it into a pole. Like we're we're arguing semantics at this point and and either way it doesn't reflect well on on the person and 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 this what the situation was. So that's just that's just bizarre. I I don't I don't yeah, really and, 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 and I think it's interesting, you know, I we were talking about this the other day uh at practice or or I don't know, waiting for a press conference to start or something, that, you know, once upon a time, that would have been a fireable offense. You know, I mean, they, they, would, have, they would have cut him. Right. And this, this, this regime does not seem to see it that way. And Mike McCarthy made the comment last Friday that when we come back on Tuesday, Randall will be here and ready to go or whatever it was. So he, you know, there's not a lot of consequence here for his behavior. And, and Mark Daniels, we were doing our little WPAY TV show the other night, and he, he pointed out that 
it was in year three that Wolf cut uh, Terrell Buckley. Mm. It was in year three that Mike Sherman cut Ahmad Carroll. And, or technically, I suppose it would have been uh, Ted Thompson who cut Ahmad Carroll because it was 05. But that, they got, you get, you still stink or have attitude problems or both. Because remember, you know, Ahmad Carroll famously got into a fist fight with Joey Thomas after a meeting. Um, you know, got to cut base. And at this point, you know, they don't ready to do that with Marius Randall. And, and if you're a Packers fan, your hope is that he takes that, you know, nice life or whatever he's getting here and puts it to good use. Yeah, you, you hope you can chalk some of it up to he's just a 25-year-old, but um, but we'll see. Jason, you uh, you do a million things, so so plug them. Well, we uh, it is funny you uh, you start out in this business and you you know you just want to be a reporter and you just want to write your stories. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're doing a ra- doing radio stuff and doing TV. So I, I you know I know. Uh, I know we're really lucky to have a lot of people that have embraced uh, Mark Tauscher's show and, and, and my show together, and that's been really neat to see. And, and, and I know that uh, I'll do. I'll, here's my one plug because I know uh, I know this is the one thing that a lot of people are interested in. Um, for those who are unable to listen to uh, Wilde and Tausch live and are less than thrilled with the amount you get in the podcast form, uh, there is. Uh, there is, there are negotiations going on to uh, make full podcasts available. However, as we are seeing kind of trend in our business, um, there may be some uh, some fiscal aspects to it that will be required. So, for everybody that's been loyal to the show, uh, it is very much appreciated by Tausch and I. I can tell you that for sure. Uh, and hopefully we can give them what they want. Um, and if you can keep reading my my stories at ESPN.com and in the Wisconsin State Journal at Madison.com, that is appreciated as well. And if you're going to yell at him on Twitter, first of all, don't. But if you are going to, at least yell at the right guy, Jason J. Wilde. Yeah, the the, uh, the photographer in England uh, <laughs> who... Who is uh, who does a lot of portrait work, and then there's another just uh, civilian fellow, also in England. So they they're they're Jason Wild, I assume. Um, yeah, I'm sure that they get a, their fair share of unexpected uh, of of tweets. But I will say this: I, I don't know, and you know, you and I have kind of gotten to know each other because of that medium. Yeah. Um, it's funny, you know. I think I I think my profile says I like signed up in January of '09 which uh, seems like forever ago. But I, I've really found myself distancing myself more and more. So um, I know there are a lot of good people on Twitter. Um, unfortunately, there's some uh, bad actors that uh, have altered my opinion of it. So if you feel like I don't interact with you as much, um, I would say to those folks, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> and it's really just a jerk there's Listen, it's it's for our own sanity. I think sometimes we have to we have to step away. Jason, I think that's the perfect place to end. Thank you, thank you very much for coming on Lockdown Packers. 
Uh, of course, I look forward to my uh, sequel return now that I've made my debut. Indeed. I want to thank Jason again for joining Locked On Packers. You can follow him on Twitter at Jason J. Wildy. Don't tweet the wrong guy. This happens to him a lot. Tweet the right guy, Jason J. Wildy. Again, you can find him ESPN covering the Packers, ESPN Wisconsin Radio with Mark Tauscher, everyone's favorite former Wisconsin and Packers lineman. Jason is everywhere, so find his content. Continue to consume it. Uh, another reminder, this Tuesday edition of Locked on Packers was brought to you by XBET. Use the promo code XBET and you can get up to a 100% bonus on your first deposit. And again, every week we're doing this Pro Football Focus Edge giveaway. Every week. So if you haven't yet reviewed this podcast, go do it. Put your name and your Twitter handle in the review, and every week we're going to pick someone to win a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. And you can review more than just my podcast. You can go review Locked on Bucks. You can go review Locked on NFL. You can go review Locked on Fantasy. You can enter this contest as many times as you want. The only limit is the number of Locked on podcasts that you can review. Okay? So continue to do that. Tomorrow we're going to have Brian Curtis from The Ringer. Cowboys fan wrote one of my favorite Packers-Cowboys pieces of the last few years. A hilarious, heartbreaking, and insightful piece from the Packers playoff game last year that he went to. And what it was like to be there as a, as a Cowboys fan. He is also the best media writer that we have. I'm biased, but he's the best. So tune in for that. Bob again coming later in the week which means you absolutely have to stay locked on Packers. come from uh well uh honey mommy went to the store oh well you see um well there's a mommy and a daddy right right and see when they call geico uh they could save a bunch of money on car insurance oh really and that makes them happy yes that makes them very happy that's good yeah well i'm glad we could have this talk sunshine <laughs> geico because saving 15 percent or more on car insurance is always a great answer Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.